Welcome to the Shelf Warmers Podcast, the show about toys, why we like them, and their connection to bigger topics. I'm your co-host, Sugu, and tonight we're going to talk about getting started. And I'm Darby Harn, and I have no idea. No. <laughs> I have, I, I'm Darby Harn, and I have no idea how to do that. I don't know. Oh, that's good. That's good. Okay. okay. I might actually keep both of them in <laughs> Because that's the point, right? You start, and then you start again. Before we begin, by way of introduction, I'm Darby Harn, a freelance writer and editor and an independent author. Publishers Weekly called my novel Ever the Hero an entertaining debut, which uses superpowers as a metaphor to delve into class politics and an alternate America. You can find more information about me and my books at DarbyHarn.com. I'm also on Twitter, at Darby Harn. And I'm Sugu, your co-host. I work in IT and education, and I'm also passionate about writing and story. You can find some of my travel writings on allaboutjapan.com, where I've written various articles about my life and perspectives in Japan. Tonight, we're going to do something a little bit different. Uh, longtime listeners will know that I work in IT and education. Uh, that means I'm a teacher uh, in a lot of ways. But this time, we're going to do something very, very opposite. Darby is going to be the teacher today, and he is going to teach me everything he knows about writing a, a novel. Every, everything. <laughs> and you've got one hour to do it. Mm. Yeah. Um, go right. read so, <laughs> something. To, to, give, uh, to give some context, what, we're, what we'd like to do is actually start a series on getting started writing. And um, for this episode, the first step on getting started is what do you do? Darby, my teacher, what do, do? What do I do? I want to write a book. Well, you want to write a book, where, where do you get started? I get this question all the time, which is one reason I, I, I wanted to talk about it. Is, is there, It comes out a couple different ways. Like One is where do you get your ideas? And then how do I start a book? Because a book is like this like mountain, and you're, you're looking up at it from the bottom, and you're like, well, how do I get up over there? How do I get up there? How do I get over? How do you and do this thing? All the advice is not helpful. It's, well, you just got to climb the mountain. Well, yeah. Right. But how? <laughs> I think on one hand, it is that simple. You just have to write. And I'm going to talk about that. Um, and then it's not that simple because nothing is, is that simple. Um, but in the same way that in, in climbing a mountain or any, any major feat or, you know, something that you want to do in life, um, I think just do it It is people, you know, whatever there's, there's a element of truth to it, but, um, just a couple, a couple of things, uh, before we get started, I'll get started with, uh, just a, a couple, uh, housekeeping things, um, for folks that have to do with writing. Uh, since people will hear this, I think before, uh, I'll be, uh, signing books, Barnes and Noble, Jordan Creek Mall, Des Moines, Iowa, July 28th, uh, 5 to 7 PM. 
uh, College Square Mall, Cedar Falls, Iowa, July 30th, uh, QuadCon Comic Book Convention. I will be there signing, selling books. Beaverdale Books, Des Moines, Iowa, August 24th, 6.30 p.m. Author Talk. I will be talking about Stargun Messenger, selling and signing books. Uh, if you're around, if you're local, come say hi. I'd love to see you. More stuff coming later. Uh, sign up for my newsletter. I, I've got to get better at this. Um, and you'll get updates about all this. Also, uh, about uh, Kickstarter for Eververse Book 4. Details to come. So, how do you get... How do you get from... Where where do I start to Darby's going to run a Kickstarter for Eververse Book 4? <laughs> right. So, writers kind of come to... Um, and we'll talk about novels, come to an idea for novels different ways. And some people have an image. Some people have a line of dialogue. Some people have like a character in their head that they've been thinking about that they want to explore. Some people just get the story, the plot. The plot comes to them right away. You know, um, some people have a genre that they love and they want to write in, which has its sort of presets that you can that it kind of has a, a structure that it imposes on your idea that you may or may not be okay with you may want to indulge those or you may want to you may want to subvert them it depends so you could come at it a couple different ways i typically start with images myself personally i've i've seen something in my head uh, sometimes it's an idea it's like ever the hero began literally like what if you had to pay for superheroes so it's, that's and that's the plot, right? But that so that was the idea, that was the plot. The problem I had with Ever the Hero for a long time was attaching that to a character. It was it was several years I had that idea in 2011, several years before I married that to Kit Baldwin who is the main character. And Kit existed separately from that in a different story actually that never saw the light of day that it w- and it was only it was at some point in this very long tortured process from writing to publication that I realized that those two went together and that Kit was actually the perfect character. So one step one, it sounds like would be to be patient with yourself because from idea to Kickstarter is going to take a long time, probably longer than, (laughs) than I would be. Yeah. In your case. Yeah. But it, it might take decades in the plural, it might take like basically plan for that. Whatever, That's a great point. Take, plan, That's plan, a great point. Plan, yeah, give yourself a lot of time. Be patient. Be patient with yourself. This writing novels is not, and people write fast. I was talking to somebody a week or two ago who's written three books this year. Brandon Sanderson? No. But I've written one. I've written one. I think I'm going to end up writing two, which for me is pretty remarkable. Uh, if I'm really ridiculous, I may end up writing three books this year, but they, they will be different kinds of books. More to come on that. Um, but I've written one, and that to me, that's my average. I write about a book a year. And so that's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. And that was Stargun Messenger 2, the book I finished. Uh, I'm now writing. I shouldn't be. I'm not supposed to be doing anything. I'm on strict orders not to do anything. I'm now uh, writing uh, Eververse book five, which I have already had big chunks written of. And now I just, I've, I have the energy, I have the want, I have the desire. 
and I have the clarity and now I'm just going to stitch her up and I'm going to get her over the finish line very close about 60% into book five. Um, so I may be super productive this year, but typically I'm about a book a year person, but some people write fast. My point was some people write fast, but whatever your speed is, whatever your dial set to be patient with yourself, because this is a huge undertaking that no matter how fast you write takes time. So if you write a book in 30 days, there are some people, some people do NaNoWriMo and things like that. They can write 50,000 words. They can write 100,000 words in a month. Um, I don't, I, I don't have that. So that's maybe a different conversation kind of goes into this, but like, you know, word counts and daily goals and things like that. Back in college, I could write 5,000 words a day. Um, I could no longer do that. So I have a goal of 2,500 words a day. And so in 10 days, that should get you 25,000 words, right? Which is 70, which is 25% of a novel. Um, it never works out that way. I'm not writing a book in 40 days. So life happens, yeah. right? Life interferes. You have good days, you have bad days. And that turns into writing a book in about six months. Yeah. So one thing that I noticed with myself in terms of writing is yeah. when I write really fast, that also means I have a lot of editing to do later on. When I write really slow and methodical, I may not get a lot of output, but it comes out a lot more refined. And there's just that balance of time between writing really fast, but then needing to go over it a lot more and clean up a lot of spaces, fill in a lot of gaps, because I'm often writing faster than than the story needs because I'm doing it straight from my, my speed of thought. But when I can take yeah. time to slow it down, then I my output in terms of words isn't as high, but it doesn't need as much editing later on. That's been my experience, that there's this balance between output and editing. Yeah, I, I, I'm mostly the same way. Um, I want to talk about, I want to kind of outline this, I think, the, our talk today a little bit in terms of like idea and then turning the idea into into work output. But we, we talk somewhere on the pod to kind of preface that we talk somewhere on the pod somewhere about um, what I do. Anytime I start a story, I start a day, I, I write three words at the beginning of each. And that is this is shit. Mm-hmm. And this that okay, it, that's a lesson. I, I took a lesson from her from from Anne Lamont. Uh, this concept she uh, detailed in, in uh, Bird by Bird, which is a book that if you're interested in writing, should absolutely read. I think it's a seminal book myself. Not everybody does. Um, there's lots of books. There's lots of uh, there's lots of uh, different perspectives. Um, and when she talks about the shitty first draft, and basically that in a nutshell, that is just allowing yourself to be okay with you know, that first draft is not going to be good. Don't worry about it. And so that's my biggest lesson there because it's what I do is I just write, I write to my 25. I'm not really editing. It is that 2,500 words a day or whatever it ends up being. And what I do, I I just write it. I let it flow. It's often, especially in the very rough draft stage, it's often very unadorned. The dialogues, 
it's uh, I write a lot of dialogue. I love dialogue. So a lot the early drafts is is just basically dialogue, and it's not tagged. It's not it's not really much of anything. It's just people talking. Sometimes it depends on what the scene is, and then the next day in the morning I get up, and the first thing I do in the morning is I go through and I revise the previous day's work, and that does two things. That's editing that. But that's editing the work. And then two, it's getting me into the cycle. It's priming the pumps for me to then to go on into um, that day's work, the new day's work. And so it, it serves a couple different functions. And that that's my strategy and it helps me. And so on, as you get into the project, then every day is editing and writing, editing and writing, editing and writing. And also another benefit of editing first in the morning and then going into the new thing is you're more conditioned as you're writing new, as the, 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 that day's new words, um, is hopefully they're a little sharper because you're taking lessons from what you've just read and what you've just edited. And now you're looking out for some of those things, right? And that process mm-hmm. just goes on until the very end of the book. But that that's that's the flow I try to do. And, and then that, that, and it's just starting. It's just, it's just writing. It's just starting. I literally had this conversation just the other day and the person's interested in like, how do you write a book? And I'm like, you just start whatever it is, you know, cause everybody's all, I think we're all writers. I saw I have been myself, certainly parallel Stargun messenger, I think is a victim of being paralyzed to where to start. Where do you start? Like, cause you have you know, especially when you're younger and you're new and you don't maybe necessarily know how to certainly write a novel, right? So mm-hmm. like how, you know, what is the best entryway to a story? That's probably its own conversation. <laughs> but mm-hmm. for the purposes of this, it's like, it's hard It's hard to know. And sometimes that's the image. Some people just have an image. Uh, George R. R. Martin talks about with A Song of Ice and Fire with Game of Thrones. He just had this image of... of, of um, them finding the a uh, brand uh, finding the direwolf pups. What's that? And so he just started writing, and that became chapter one of Game of Thrones. And so sometimes you just have to start. You just you're just writing. Some people have to outline. This is you know and and you know some pe- there's the plotters and the pantsers. Um, outline versus just sort of discovery writing, free writing. I I'm a, I'm a I'm a pantser. I just I don't really outline. I'll do a very very rough just sort of beat sheet, which is just you know what I think the the peaks and valleys are, and that always changes. So I don't I don't attach anything to it. Mm-hmm. Um, some people outline, and then they go through that outline again, and they go through each bullet point, and they're filling out, and then they go through it again, and they're filling out, and eventually that little bullet point actually becomes a scene, becomes a chapter, mm-hmm. like that. That's how I did my uh, my academic writing. Mm-hmm. Is I just outlined in the general points, and then added in like this, like basically kind of filled in the details, and then filled in the details, and then filled in more details like each time, until I eventually had a thesis. Um, yeah, it just it it worked well for academic writing because I could kind of see the the whole. The whole time I could see like the bird's eye view from from the from the beginning, but that's yeah. also academic writing and not narrative. Um, I, I've heard from I've heard from a novelist who who outline who tried pantsing and were absolutely undone mm-hmm. by the lack of structure. <laughs> yeah. and they could not do it. I can't imagine outlining. 
I've tried it. I just, I'm not, I was not made to outline. I'm not made for structure. Uh, he says the novelist, um, but the, it's, so it, there's not a right or wrong. There's not a good or bad. It's just how you get there. And so this conversation's a little bit like, where do you start? How do you get there? Well, where do you, re where do you start? And it's like, it's, what do you have? What, what, what is the, what, you know, we talk about the inciting incident and narrative. What's the inciting inspiration? What, what is, what, what is it that you want to write? Is it, you have an idea for a story. Well, what's the idea? Is it an image? Is it a character? Is it a, a plot, a narrative, a, a, a something that you're like, I, I have this idea about this murder mystery. Um, is it, you just have this notion. I just, I want to write a romance. I want to, you know, I want to write a ghost story, whatever I want to, you know, uh, whatever the case may be. So what is that? And so the, the biggest thing where you turn that idea that inciting inspiration, I just coined a phrase, I think, Suga, we're going to, we're going to TM that. <laughs> Turning that then into actual writing, I think, is having clarity of thought. So this is the most important thing I think that I've learned because I didn't always have this uh, early on in my writing is what is it that you're writing? I spent years of my life working on all these books that I, I talk about on the pod, Ever the Hero, Country of Eternal Light, Stargun Messenger. There's a lot. I won't recap all of it. You guys can listen to some of our conversations about those those books. But in an, just basically, the it it had to do with not being able to clarify what was going on in the head. So as I come into new stories and new projects, it's about clarity of thought, clarity of vision. What is this story? Why do I want to tell it? So, and sometimes for me personally, that means those things have to sit. So I have an idea for a novel now that I've had for about a year that's unrelated to the series that I'm writing currently. It's an original, unconnected, disconnected idea. Um, I have a big chunk of architecture scaffolding around this idea. Uh, what I'm still trying to feel out and figure out is what, what is at the heart of the story? I'm getting closer, getting closer, and I'm feeling it out. And sometimes I have these ideas and there's nothing there. It's just a sexy idea, right? Mm -hmm. Oh, that'd be cool. And sometimes there's nothing there. Sometimes do I'll have an idea. you talk yourself out? Like when mm -hmm. you have an idea and there's nothing there, do you ever talk yourself out of it? Like, all right, well, there's nothing there. And, you know, this is probably not a great idea anyway. And you just scrap it. Yeah, I had um, I had an idea years ago for a children's book, uh, what I think was a children's book. I'm not a children's book author, so I just sort of dismissed it. But it was a crackerjack idea, like Ever the Hero, where it was like, what you know, what what if you had to pay for superheroes? This idea was similar. It was like the plot, and it was the character came attached to it, the the main character. And then recently, I've had I've had reason to sort of think about it and go back to it talk to uh, some people, relevant people <laughs> on the subject of uh, children's books. And uh, I, I've, I've gone back to it. I've changed my mind about it in terms of like the possibilities there. And it's testament to the strength of the idea that it, 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 it holds up, uh, you know, years later. Um, but you can absolutely talk yourself out of ideas. You, 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 if you, 
listen to enough writers, if you hear enough writers talk, you'll hear that over and over again of like, they'll have an idea for something they didn't quite know if they could do it. They didn't know quite know if it was them. Maybe their editor didn't like it. Maybe the agent didn't like it and, and things like that where in those ideas were kind of maybe they'll go in the drawer for a bit. So I guess that's the point. Like if it, if I would summarize it, that I would, it sounds like whatever idea you have, even if it doesn't work, even if you don't think it's a good idea don't throw it away don't scrap it completely just put it in the back burner because maybe years later when you revisit it you'll figure out how to pull that thread how to tell that story never throw anything away never throw anything away i i don't ever throw anything away i i cut tons of material from all my books and the revision phase, the revision process. And some of that yields, especially with Eververse, which is a big sprawling series, some of that yields other stories. Oh, mm-hmm. I can take that thread and, you know, and some of, some of it just doesn't work. There was a thread, there was a short story I tried writing in the Eververse a couple of years ago that was meant to be a short story, maybe a novella. Um, I just, I, there's various reasons that I was struggling with it. And then that eventually became the foundation for book five. So yeah, never throw anything away. All my idea, all my books to this stage are all books that have deep roots going back years. Um, okay. That will, so yeah. to grow those deep roots, how, how do you save your scrapped ideas or your postponed ideas? Yeah, um, some people keep journals. Um, I'm not a good journaler. I kind of wish I was. I just write everything down in my notes app. So I'm an Apple user. I'm a Mac user. And so the notes app for me personally is just handy because it's on all my devices. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So I can be on my phone or I can be at the desktop and I can just be working. I can just type it in. So I just have my notes app is just a mountain of just ideas, sometimes scenes, scraps, dialogue, things like that. But often just ideas. I have stuff in there that I wrote just the other day. Um, how do you find it when you want to go back to it? I just always, I'm always looking at it. But like, how do you find your, do you keep it all in one memo or do you have like a thousand memos with a thousand different ideas? A thousand. I have thousands. Okay. I have thousands. So how do you find it so quickly? Uh, I remember everything. Okay. (laughs) That's not going to be helpful to our listeners. It's not, no. It's also not helpful in relationships. <laughs> right. So I'll it, veering away from that thread. I'll, I'll say what I do uh, to kind of keep track of my stuff is kind of like you. I use a digital method. Um, I use the, the service called Evernote because I'm not uh, solely on Apple. I'm on. A lot of different devices, Apple, Windows, Android, and web. Um, So I use a service called Evernote. And the reason I use Evernote over, say, Google Drive is because of this, because of organization and getting back to it and finding it again. Um, So I have a very specific tag called Idea Bucket, and Mm -hmm. that is only used for creative purposes. Uh, mm-hmm. originally it was only used for writing ideas. So every, th- every story I had, every moment, every arc, 
every concept that I thought I might want to eventually write, I would make a note uh, in Evernote, write it down, and then put that tag idea bucket on it and then chuck it in there. And then that was the end of it. Yeah. So whenever I wanted to get into writing or whenever I had a free moment to write and I didn't know what to write, I would go into that idea bucket and just pick whatever seemed interesting in that moment to write even just a thousand pages, like nothing major. I kept the, uh, I kept the goal really small so that I could be sustainable with it. And so that was one way to convert ideas from the, from the, from the brain into an organized area to retrieve later on and then to convert to something. Uh, yeah, something. I wouldn't say it's good or bad, like the, the end result, but it was something. Mm-hmm. Recently, I've expanded the idea bucket into also musical ideas. So I'll take an audio note, uh, just some theme that I have in my head, and I'll just hum it or make some sort of like awful sound thing that kind of conveys what I'm trying to get across, tag it as idea bucket. And then the next time I'm working on my synth program, I can actually start to kind of work on it and develop it a bit more. So that's kind of my process of going from idea and organizing it so I can retrieve it later on. Yep. That, and that's a good sound strategy. Um, I am not uh, organized I don't do well with structure. I have folders. I have, I've been forced to, I was instructed that I needed to be organized with my stuff. So I have, um, I have, uh, in my folder, I have everything consolidated into folders that are different things, Eververse, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Um, things like that, uh, you know, uh, progress files, print files, cover files, Right. So, but when it comes to the gestation or the generation of writing, I'm very disorganized. And so I have files everywhere and I'll just start when I get stuck. This happens to me all the time. I'll get stuck in a draft and it's just, and I'll just start a new one. So I have, I don't know, like book five I'm writing right now. I don't know how many different files I have for that, um, that are just going back to the beginning, starting over. Um, and then because I want to keep this or that, I was forced to start using Scrivener, uh, because I, I, it, I was struggling to kind of keep everything in front of me and keep everything with something, the scale of Eververse, which is now over half a million words, um, keep it all in front of me and together and in the head. I still do things like this just happened to me the other day where I couldn't remember where it was, but there was this exchange between Kit and the villain in book five, and uh, I wrote it verbatim from memory into the scene that I wanted. And then I ended up fighting, a fight fighting. I ended up finding it, the original scene, and it was literally, I literally just transcribed it without having actually seen it. And so that the ideas and things like they get stuck in there. And that's part of my process. I was about to say problem, but it's, it's not a problem. It's just the way I work. 
they get stuck and then they, they just, they generate, they get stuck and they get tangled up in knots and they generate friction. And that friction sometimes takes a long time to kind of get some heat going and, and, and sometimes no. Uh, but really, you know, really for me, you know, it's the, we've talked about this at various points on the pod with, with various books is that it, my novels to this point have felt like a lot of, um, they, they, they sort of feel like they, they end up sort of gathering mass and that they're the confluence of ideas and it's this idea and that idea and then they eventually go together. I think part of that's a process of just who I am as a person. Going forward, having a better understanding of myself, I think that that process is much less labored. It, there's much less strife. There's much more clarity of vision at the beginning, which is so important. I feel that in Stargun Messenger 2 and the sort of original idea I'm working on. I still realize that the process is very, uh, it does take a minute to kind of get, and I do have to sit back and think. I took a break. I wrote 75,000 words of Stargun Messenger between uh, January 1st and February, Valentine's Day, whenever I was in San Francisco. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I didn't write another word until May and I wrote the last chunk of that book between May and June, whatever it was, June 5th or 6th when I finished it. Um, I needed to sit back and think about what I was doing at the end of that book. And that took, that took a minute. That took a while. Mm -hmm. Um, and so that still happens to me. That's just how I work. And so some people don't need to do that. Some people will just write it knowing it's bad, knowing they're not happy with it, but they just want it. And then, you know, they'll go back. Well, that reminds me of uh, something else that I, I work with my students about and I try to teach them is uh, basically let your brain percolate. Your brain is, mm-hmm. this is how I solve a lot of my problems uh, with work too, um, you know, like uh, IT stuff, is your brain is going to do a lot of the thinking for you when you're not planning to. So if I come across a problem that I can't solve, I will deliberately take a break and try to clear my mind of it and go do something else and even like go to bed. And then I'll just let my brain kind of percolate and kind of sit with whatever problem it is. And then lo and behold, like the next time I'm kind of conscious of that problem, I've got the solution in my mind. Absolutely. Most writers will tell you, I think, um, that most writing is thinking. Um, I mentioned earlier about word counts and like if you're writing 2,500 words a day, in 40 days you should have a novel, right? Um, But you don't. Some people do, but I don't. Why is that? It's because I'm spending a lot of time thinking about this stuff. And I suppose mentally it's like it's sort of your walk it's like a maze I think in a way you're walking into a maze and you're it's going great and then you then what happens you you hit a dead end and you have to go back and sometimes it's just thinking about do thinking about the entire scene and there's a lot to consider and this is where people get stymied I think at the beginning where do I begin with a novel because a novel is this huge sprawling thing um, it, it's not a poem. It's not a short story. It's not a movie. Those are all things that are that function off of their limitations. They're not limitations. They're constraints. A novel is this sprawling thing that, by its nature, just contains everything. Great novels are just drawing in. They're, they're imperfect and 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 they're sprawl. And that's what we love about them. Um, they're 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 not the short story. The 
the greatest, the best short stories are perfect. They're perfect. They're, little, they're perfectly formed diamonds. A novel can never be that. A novel is going to have some fluff in it. It's going to have some padding in it. Maybe that's not the right word, but you know what I mean? It's going to have this, by its nature, it's going to have this extraneous sort of element to it that, that is part of the appeal in some cases. And so where do you start then? Like, you know, we're talking about character, we're talking about ideas, we're talking about plot. What we haven't talked about yet at all, and we're not, we won't in this episode, but things that you all, you have to consider as you get started, setting, all of those things that go into that. And then if you like, let's say you're choosing a historical setting, that's a lot of research, right? There are some, there are some writers that research things for years before they, they write a word. Other cultures, other people, um, just something you may not know anything about. Maybe you're creating a world. Maybe you're J.R.R. Tolkien and you're inventing Middle Earth and you spend 40 years of your life doing that before that yields uh, Lord of the Rings. All like, where do you start? Just where do you start with all that? You're creating a world like what, like with Breakpoint and Ever the Hero. Like, where do you start with that? I started with Kit Baldwin. I started with Six Corners. She lives in an apartment building on the intersection of uh, Delaney and Harrison and Shelley. Shelley's going this way across the bridge. What? And then you just start walking around. You start walking around in your head. You start building out. What is this town? Who is this person? These are all questions that have to do with character and place and setting, things like that. But you ask yourselves those questions. You ask yourself, you know, what is what do you want to do? What are you motivated to do? Or do you encounter something you didn't unexpected? All and those things just kind of gather moss. They gather mass and they start turning over. And eventually, you're probably writing at some point. But you really just want to start somewhere. It doesn't really matter where you start. You just want to start somewhere. Because the biggest part, and I know we've talked about this on the pod, the biggest, uh, a big part of writing is thinking. I think the biggest part of writing is revision. Mm-hmm. And it's, it, you just need, you just need material. You need something to work on. Because it's going to take a, whatever, whatever your speed it's going to take time and you need material. You need, you need material to shape into something and that will lead to other conversations in terms of like how you get feedback and things like that. But you need something to build off of and, right. you know, and you often discover in the process of writing a draft, you discover your shortcomings, you discover your blind spots through going back through that draft and be like, well, I didn't account for <laughs> the weather. What year, what time? What time of right, year does right. this take place? Whatever, you know, all that other stuff. But Well, yeah, yeah and that, I, I guess to me, one of the things that sounds like is to go from idea, it seems to me that one thing it would be good to keep in mind is to uh, literally write down everything. So like while you're thinking, write it down just so you you have a written record of what you were thinking. So even right. though yeah. you're saying that a lot of writing is thinking, that doesn't mean sit in the chair, chin in hand and just ponder. It means like well, being accountable to that, right? Like get something down so that you can look at it later on. 
it often is sitting in the chair and pondering, sitting at the uh, going down to the river and <laughs> sitting with the ducks. Um, um, writing things down is a great way just to get started. It's a great way to memorize things uh, and to sort of brand things in your in your memory, but then also just in your, you know, now you're writing, you're writing about Kit Baldwin and you're writing about this and that, and that's just going to trigger other things about her character and, and, you know, where did some people do character sheets or they do things like that. And, you know, they like, um, or hair color and eye color and weight and all this very granular things. I don't do any of that. Um, but some people do, and, you know, some people write everything down and that's, you know, they have journals, stacks of journals of everything. I'm always really impressed by that because that, that to me is just sort of, I'm always impressed by people that just transcribe their, 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 you know, their brain onto, onto paper. For me, it's, I'm much more internal. It's mostly in my head. I'm always, I'm always writing down notes and things like that. And I'm always writing, but I, most of it, a good, good, big chunk of it is just in the head. And it's just considering often for <laughs> years, in some cases, aspects of, of a story and, you know, um, the, and everybody's just, everybody's just different in terms of that, you know, a lot of people just sort of, the, the, the whole thing just lives in their head. Um, some people just write it all down and then they have, and then, you know, I think the act of writing it all down and then going back through and then assembling, and then that's the point in the process where their brain and mentally they're assembling and discarding. Whereas with me, it's sort of this, it's all there. And then you're sort of untangling things and you're sort of, what is this? What does this really look like? And then making choices later towards the end. And some things just don't feel right. I just, I finished my last revision on Eververse book four, uh, which is the next book. And there was something that was the one of the reasons I was struggling with finishing book five was there's just something off about it. And I didn't know what it was. I didn't know what it was. And I got to, I was going through book four. And then finally, I realized that I had made the wrong story choice at the end of book four as it regards to uh, a particular character. And that choice then carried over into book five. And it was frustrating the story of book five. So the story of book five is, is sound and it's great, but I'd made this decision with a character that actually was undermining what that story wanted okay. to do. I realized that and that actually freed up, that, that solved the problem uh, in book five um, okay. in terms of what the problem was, the frustration was in that story, you know. But that that's a process of that, that took a couple years to sort out because... Book four, I started, I think, in 21, rough draft. And book five, I've been working at various points since 21, so. And now it's 2023, so you, it, you've you been at it for about two years. Yep. Uh, book four, I think, has been easier uh, process than the first three. Book five was frustrated for various reasons, one of which is um, the 
it's a different uh, um, structural challenge than the other books. Much more, much more. Uh, how do I want to say? It's a challenge. I also had to, made the story decision that just ended up being the wrong decision. And sometimes it's realizing that is I just made the wrong decision. And uh, I have the freedom of being able to, um, because I'm ahead on my writing and my publishing, I had the freedom to be able to allow that to sit and to marinate and, and, and to be able to address my changes rather than being churning and burning uh, and, and then it's in print and then it's, then it's, then it's, <laughs> then you're stuck with it. Um, you know, so that was, that's good. That comes to something else that you and I have talked about several times before, uh, as we talk about writing, but one of the key, key principles that I would recommend to every single person who wants to be an aspiring writer never fall in love with your words. Things will happen as the story progresses that you, you may have to just not be committed to what happens. You may have to change it as you go. You may have to go back and, and revise and to make it tighter and to make it better. Would you agree? Well, there's the old adage, of course, about kill your darlings, and um, I, I think we can take that too far. I, I think it's fine to fall in love with your words. I think you also have to be ruthless and unsparing and really draconian with them. Um, it's very easy. I, you know, I fall in love with, I have characters, Abby Fisher in the Eververse, who is the queen of one-liners. And so I I have a file which is just Abby stuff uh, Abby stuff I've cut. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's just, it, it's all good. It, some of it's fucking hysterical, um, but, but it it's just good. It doesn't fit the moment. It's just good, and I, I can save it for later, and she can deploy it later. I was just actually someone posted on Facebook the other day about the Abby has this one liner in book two and they were posting about that, how hilarious and everything I was. And I was like, she has probably the, the hall of famer in book four, which people haven't read yet. She has a one liner in book five, which isn't funny is cold as ice. If people know anything about Abby, she goes both ways. Um, you know, so, um, yeah, you have to be on, um, you have to be merciless with your work in the beginning. Don't worry about that because you're just writing. It's like, where do I start? Just write, just generate. Don't worry about it. And if you, 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 you may fall in love with something and this, you know, and I do this all the time. I'm like, I really, really like that idea. There's a, a sequence in Stargate messenger two, which I cut out of book one and I just really liked it. And I didn't, I didn't want to just throw it away because I'd done all this work for it. And so I figured out a way to uh, port that over to book two and make it work within Mm -hmm. that story. And then you can always use ideas. You can always use dialogue if it makes sense. I have, I'm working on book five right now, like I said, and there's some dialogue in there that I've had to cut recently because it just doesn't work anymore. Some of it's really good. I'm bummed out. It just goes in the file. It goes in the scrap file. Maybe I can use it later, maybe not. And then once you get away from it, 
it doesn't the the sort of the heat comes off of it and you just sort of realize you know it's the, most of that just doesn't it just doesn't work sometimes you can find a place for something but often the the what you're writing is particular to a moment or a scene or a plot and so therefore it doesn't you know it doesn't work out of context it's, if you're someone like me who writes like i said a lot of dialogue Letting things run on is a bad thing, but in the beginning, when you're just writing, just write it. Don't worry about it later. You'll go through, when you go back through and you're editing, you'll realize like, oh, okay, you know, we can just get to right to the point. And it, sometimes it's literally just like chunk, right? Like all of that, all the six or seven lines, like, okay, we didn't need any of that. That's just people sort of yeah. verbal spinning tires. But in the beginning, yeah, like, um, I still yeah. remember when I was in when we were in Ireland. Uh, one of the sticking lessons that I had was the difference between conversation and dialogue in writing. I was sure. writing conversation. I was not writing dialogue, and that took some practice to kind of get through. Yeah, that that's a whole conversation too. Just dialogue and, and the way that people talk. It's 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 one one of my favorite subjects in writing, but figuring that out and it and really for the purposes of this talk today it's just it, you're just figuring things out you're just getting started and so we've kind of talked about you know you have the idea and then you know finding out what your inspiration is and then you just start you just you're just writing just start writing into it and that may take different shapes that may just be you have the scene in your head or you have a character or you just have this image, so you want to start with the image. I don't think it really matters. You just have to start with something, and then that. If you have a really solid grasp of like how to tell a story, of how to write a novel, I didn't when I first started writing them, so it took me a really long time to figure out how to write a novel. You can argue whether or not I can at this point, <laughs> but like mm -hmm. you know, it it took forever um, to to figure out how do you do this and that includes things like genre and, and all that other stuff and like you know what are the what is the reader's expectations in a particular genre there are things in a space opera that you kind of have to do uh and then it's fun to kind of subvert them or to play with them or to leverage them great thing about space opera is we all understand the shit ships fly faster than light i don't have to explain any of that to you you know um we all understand robots and things like that right so um some things are more demanding it just you know romance comes with a very the romance genre comes with a very strict set of precepts that are they're almost plug and play i don't mean that to be pejorative it just feels like that to me you can argue that they all do they all come with that but romance is very you know there's the there's a, a term called h e a which is happily ever after uh in romance which is um the, it, it, it it's a requirement uh like if 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 there's no hea at the end of that book then a lot of people will like well it's not romance and you'll get one starred on the goodreads um, why do you think that so, is cause i think reader expectations are such that in certain genres maybe all of them that that they're so firm and i hear this all the time and i think one of the things i've been very uh gratified about in the response to stark and messenger is that it both readers seem to be so far both pleased that it's it's good fashion good old-fashioned uh, space opera and then at the same time very new and different 
and that's what I wanted. That's that's what I wanted. I just wanted to tell. I wanted to do the space operas that I grew up with and I loved, but I wanted to do my version of it. It seems like so far that's working, but that comes with some stuff. So good old fashioned space opera, like spaceships, robots, shit has to blow up, right? There has to be explosions. There has to be daring do all of that. So you have to have, if none of that's in there, or if there's, for some readers, if there's too much imbalance, then I'll get reviews like I did for Stargun, where the one person was complaining about, oh, she's sad hand solo. So, you know, because this is, oh, she's, you know, you just want, you know, you just want swashbuckling. You don't want any, you know, contemplating life. So, it expectations, balancing, things like that. So, um, depending on what you're writing, it, it can, the preconditions the precepts can vary greatly you know you probably already understand that as a writer because you love those stories you know that you grew up reading them you you have it's an inherent you have that you know those stories like the back of your hand you probably already have a sense of that not always not always um but you know you love mysteries you kind you you understand what needs to happen in a mystery you love romance you understand what needs to happen etc etc so so it sounds to me like maybe one way to kind of um, uh, clear a path to kind of get started is once you get an idea and you kind of identify what genre or what style or what what the book is supposed to be, then it might be worthwhile uh, looking into current existing IP and write your idea within that world basically fan fiction right and then file off the serial numbers later we talked about fan fiction in another episode uh i i don't i don't know of course it depends on what your ambition is i i i would if it depends on what your ambition is or do you want to be published do you want to be traditionally published you should have an absolute understanding of what the market is sort of looking for and then within that within whatever genre that you're doing what what is generally the reader's expectations are and then they're consequently new york's expectations are for those genres um that includes things like book length so average sci-fi novel about a hundred thousand words fantasy novels run longer brandon sanderson is four hundred thousand words romance novels shorter 60 70,000 words um you run you run past that and they're they're out they don't they don't they're not signing up for that it's helpful to understand that and to have a working knowledge of that i would be leery of getting too married to any of that because the most important thing for me personally is writing your story but if your ambition is to get published traditionally it's important when it comes to independent publishing and those things Reader expectations are still important. You have to have an idea, and that goes into a lot of different factors, but you do have to have a sense of what people are expecting in the genre that you're writing in. You have to have a sense, frankly, because it's all on you of what that genre is doing in terms of market performance. Like, you know, or maybe you don't care because you're not planning to make money, you just want to write your book. And that's another consideration too. But the most important thing for me always is is you because it's all been done it's all been told 
what what's new what is new about the story that you're writing what's new is you you're the newness you, you it's your experience it's your quality it's your perspective that you're bringing to the story that may manifest in different ways you may just you may just bring a really unique take to like a mystery or romance whatever maybe you could just tell a barn burner of a romance story um, maybe you want to subvert expectations and you can do it well. Maybe you're Ryan Johnson and you're you're writing Knives Out and Glass Onion and you're taking very classical murder mystery plots and you're just upturning them. You're just subverting them just a bit, just enough to make it new and original. Maybe maybe you're writing Stargun Messenger and you're telling something that's on the surface seems very familiar, very Star Warsy, but it's just but then when you you get into it. And it becomes it becomes something else, um, and it's using the it's using the the space opera conventions and genre tropes as a as a means to get to somewhere else. So, the the most important thing is you, and I, that's a good question to ask at the beginning, you know, of any project. It's like what you know, how do I get started? Where do you want to start? Where do you want to start? Like you know, what is it that you want to do? with this story, this character, this idea, you know. But I feel like most people might not even know the answer to that question. You won't, probably. You know, people ask me, you know, where do you get your ideas or why did you write this? I don't know that I have a great answer for any of it, even after the book has been out. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, That's not important. Uh, I don't think, you know. It's not really, uh, there comes a certain point where it doesn't really matter to me what um, my motivation in Stargate Messenger was. Um, is it, what What was your response to it as the reader? What did you take away from it? So, um, but in terms of, um, no, you probably won't know the answer to some of these. You don't really need to, you don't really need to know. You can be an actor and not necessarily know the character that you're going to play until you're actually playing them. Right, you can be a writer and not necessarily know the story that you're writing until mm. you're writing it. So, sure. Um, then that's okay. The most important thing in, in all of those is you're just you're just doing it, and you're you're just you're going through it, and you're feeling your way out. It's a lot of literally one foot in front of the other. Um, that may that may sound sort of cliche, but it's really just it's just starting, and it's getting a start, getting a beginning, getting a toehold, getting just getting a little bit of a footing. And just feeling like you can do it. There's no, there's nothing really more rewarding in writing a book than actually writing like a, a chapter. Oh my God, I've written a chapter. You know, yeah. I've, I've written a scene, you know, and then you just start replicating that and replicating that. And eventually you've written a book and it's pretty cool. I, one thing I would, I would ask is, uh, would you agree with the idea or disagree with the idea of like, write when you're writing write one foot in front of the other right like eventually you'll get a chapter but also don't be afraid to kind of wander away from where you were originally planning or where you had originally structured because maybe the story is actually leading you to a different place that you weren't expecting that um you can't be so rigid in your own structure that the story that you write must be what's written like you, you've got to kind of follow the, follow the thread of where it's going. What does Paul Atreides say in Dune? Fear is the mind killer. 
Um, fear is the mind killer. Fear is the idea killer. You cannot be afraid of your ideas. One reason I think I'm allergic to outlining, nothing wrong with outlining, but why I am is because I think it forecloses ideas. And so um, it takes a long time for um, me to, to write novels and to get novels to a certain place. Part of that is there are various reasons for that. One, sometimes the, the reason for that is fear, fear of confronting an idea of um depicting an idea i think i realize now the one of the obstructions in getting stargun messenger into print was fear it was fear not that i couldn't write a good space opera i think i write a pretty good space opera it was what happens at the end of the book which i fear to tell anyone because of spoilers so we won't talk about it here <laughs> but for people who've read it um They'll, they'll understand what I'm talking about. And it was fear of that moment and fear of the truth of what it was communicating and fear that I, um, I couldn't do it. Um, and that held me up for a long time. And then once I got, once I got over that fear, then the book was liberated. And that's sort of a big, example of that but there are millions of minute and smaller examples all throughout your writing that you're going to encounter where you're like i don't know if i can do that there are things you should not do <laughs> and we can talk about that at various points too in other conversations um but we're because it's so daunting and it's such a big it takes so much mental energy it takes physical energy you have to be healthy to do this you have to be you have to be healthy, mind, body, and spirit, I think, to, to tackle these projects. You, it takes so much out of you, and it takes so much commitment. Um, it, can, it can be so daunting. It can be so intimidating, and you can be afraid to be like, oh, I don't know. I don't know if I can do this. I don't, I can't, I, I don't know if I can write a novel. How, and so you can scare yourself out of just any idea. But like you were saying, don't do that embrace ideas try them out that's what i do i try out ideas and sometimes they, they don't go anywhere sometimes they're dead ends. sometimes you're like oh oh i've got numerous examples of that in my books where i, I let something ride and that turned into something huge i talked about mm -hmm. abby fisher earlier abby fisher is probably the biggest example of that in my book she literally was a walk-on character who I, I needed somebody to walk into the scene and walk through the door and there are some people that would argue that Abby took over the entire series <laughs> to, you know, but don't be afraid of, you know, whatever it is, like an, an idea, a plot point, a character, and just whatever it is, don't, don't be afraid of it. Just try it out. No one's ever going to see it. Like if you don't like it, you know, no one's ever going to see it, or maybe they will, maybe you'll have critique partners and, and eventually readers um, that read it and, you know, mm -hmm. maybe it doesn't work and that's okay. You know, all right. Well, any other uh, final advice that you want to give? I just think started? I think in I think in summation, the biggest thing for getting started is 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 really just just get started. Just just let yourself write. Don't get too mired in any of it. Sentences. How do I write sentences? How do I write paragraphs? These are all units that deserve their own conversations. How do I write scenes, chapters? 
units of a novel. How do I write it? Don't worry. How do I create a character? How do I bring a character life on the page? Don't worry about any of that at the beginning. Just do it and then you'll have it. And then through the process of revision, feedback, those things will start to take shape. And then you probably already have an internal sense of what those things are. You know how scenes function. You know the rhythm, the 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 melody sometimes of a scene or a chapter. If you in a particular genre, some chapters have very specific rhythms, right? Um, some novels do. Space opera novels, something huge is going to blow up at the end, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. So we you 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 understand all this. So just let yourself do it. Let yourself explore. And don't be afraid of failure. Don't be because you're going to fail. But that that's how you figure it out. And I think the bit when it, <laughs> final thought, the biggest problem in the world today is there are people who won't admit their failures. And so I, I, acknowledging failure and acknowledging mistakes is, is a great way to learn as a person. It's the only way I think that you grow as an artist. So, mm-hmm. Yeah, you just have to give yourself the freedom to fail. Absolutely. That'll do it for today, folks. Thanks again for joining us. Once again, I'm Darby Harn, and you can find more information about me and my books at my website, darbyharn.com. I'm also on Twitter at Darby Harn. Sugu, how can they find out more about us in the podcast? You can follow us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can reach us at our email address, shelfwarmers at gmail.com. Send us feedback about the show, your thoughts, opinions, recommendations, and insights on our perspectives. We're always happy to hear from you, our audience, and we'd love to share your opinions on our next show. Again, that's shelfwarmers at gmail.com. And if email isn't your thing, we're also on Twitter. You can reach us at shelfwarmers. Give us a holler. We have new episodes every Friday. As always, remember to stay safe, wash your hands, practice social distancing, and get vaccinated when you can. Stick around to listen to a free clip of more content from us. Subscribe today and you can hear the rest of the following and more. Bye-bye.